Welcome back, guys, to our little coven. I know we've been away for a little while, but we're so excited about the new year. Today we are going to talk about mistletoe, and you only have me to discuss it with. But I hope everyone had a beautiful, beautiful holiday, good Yule, Merry Christmas, or whatever holidays you celebrate. Welcome. guys, today you just have me, Lena, and I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about mistletoe. I have some other topics in mind also for this winter season that we are still in. Uh, here in New York, we just did finally get a big snowfall, a couple inches, which is not really that big for us, um, but it made me feel the holiday spirit that we've all feeling. Yule just ending on January 1st, and of course, uh, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, all of the wonderful uh, solstice time holidays. Um, so today, mistletoe is going to be our topic. Magical properties, mystical, wonderful scientific properties. I'm very excited about it. So mistletoe, it's a semi-parasitic plant that grows on trees such as apple, oak, maple, elm, pine, and birch, which we have a ton of up here. It has been used for hundreds of years to treat medical conditions such as epilepsy, hypertension, headaches, menopausal symptoms, infertility, arthritis, and rheumatism. Again, always talk to a doctor first. It's one of the most widely studied complementary and alternative medicine therapies for cancer. In Europe, mistletoe extracts are among the most prescribed therapies for cancer patients. Now, I went off on this weird tangent of, you know, scientific studies of how it treats cancer. So um, again, always talk to your doctor, but it was pretty fascinating um, what they are doing over there with, with mistletoe and the extracts of it. Um, there's lots of different types of mistletoe. It really depends on the type of host the tree is growing on. Again, it's semi-parasitic. Um, it, there's different species. The type of extracts it, it makes um, have different homeopathic methods, so they can be used for different things. Again, um, like most things, the time of the year that it's picked, and again, the company that ends up taking it and, and making whatever the product is, those are all different things that make mistletoe extracts, um, just a variety of ways to use it. Um, most are made in water-based solutions or a solution of water and alcohol. Um, they could be named according to the type of tree that the plant is growing on. And they gave examples of Iscador M is from apple trees and Iscador P comes from pine trees and, and so on and so on. Um, mistletoe extracts are usually given by an injection under the skin, which is subcutaneous, and sometimes by mouth or into a vein, so and even into a tumor. Again, this is well above and beyond something you should ever do on your own. Um, but it is something, like I said, if you are interested in science and the scientific studies behind the medicines and the things that we do every single day, I recommend looking into it. The scientific name is Viscum Album. That's the European mistletoe. And again, that's the one that's in most studies. Or the Forodendrum Tomensum. <laughs> and that's the gray, the Christmas mistletoe. So again, the common names that we all know it by are, of course, mistletoe, but I liked bird lime, all heel, devil's fuge, golden bow, missile, and then iscador, which again is the iscador A, the P, the O, very interesting. So mistletoe preparations have been used medicinally in Europe for centuries, again, to treat the things we talked about. 
Celtic priests known as Druids revered the oak tree and the mistletoe that grew on it. And according to a Roman author, also known as Pliny the Elder, at winter celebration of Samhain, the sacred oaks were bare except for the green boughs of mistletoe, and this was taken as a sign of eternal fertility. The Celts placed a sprig of mistletoe above the doors of their houses, and its sacred nature prohibited fighting beneath it. This evolved over centuries into the custom of kissing underneath the mistletoe at Christmas. In 1921, Austrian-anthroposophical spiritual leader Rudolf Steiner suggested that the mistletoe might be used to treat cancer based on the observance that mistletoe, like cancer, is a parasite and lethal to its own host. Swiss and German clinics were founded to, be, to implement this idea and still actively use the mistletoe preparation fermented with a strain of lactobacillus for three days. Mistletoe ex extracts contain several toxic proteins, several of which are lectins or proteins capable of binding to specific sugars. I'm getting too sciencey, I know, but I love it. Um, and it is, I know mistletoe is one of the ones, like for pets, if you, for some reason, decorate with it in the house or around the house, it's something that you don't want the pets to get into. Most people nowadays associate mistletoe with kissing, as it's customary for anyone caught standing under a sprig of this plant, often, you know, put under the doorway on purpose, um, to receive a kiss. But did you know that mistletoe, now considered a holiday plant, was used as a religious symbol in pagan rites centuries before the time of Christ? Bum, bum, bum. No one is shocked by this. No one. To the ancient Druids of Britain, it was a sacred symbol with both magical powers and medicinal properties, as most things end up being. These ancient people believed mistletoe could cure diseases, make animals and humans more fertile, waka waka, provide protection from witches, what the, what, right here, and bring good luck, whatever. In fact, mistletoe was so sacred to the Druids that if two enemies met beneath a tree on which it was growing, they would lay down their weapons, exchange greetings, and observe a truce to the following day. I wonder how often that actually happened. Hmm. So when the Druids found mistletoe growing on an oak tree, they used a golden knife to remove it, taking care of that the sacred plant did not touch the ground to protect its special powers. Then they sacrificed a white ox to consecrate the event. Don't hurt the plant, kill the beast. Good to know. Mistletoe was not allowed in Christian places of worship for many years because of its widespread acceptance in pagan ceremonies. But it is not clear just how it became part of the holiday season. Now, we have discussed this many, many times, how things have been assimilated from other religions into, especially Christianity, when Christianity was trying to get people to be more Christian. Um, they, they allowed things to be used that they never would before. Again, this is nothing new. However, the mistletoe part is, is interesting. Mistletoe is the common name for any one of a hundred species of plants from as far away and diverse climates such as Australia, South Africa, Europe. Our traditional American mistletoe, that phonodendrum, it's very similar to the European species. It kind of looks like it too, only with shorter and broader leaves and more berries, groups of 10 or more compared to our little clusters of, of two to six. Uh, these species, let's see, there are some species, excuse me, in the, oh boy, Santa Lacey family, and most of them are all under the name Visaceae. So again, something you'd have to Google. The common name that we use is said to come from the Anglo-Saxon word mistletan, tan meaning twig, and missile meaning different. Oh, I like that. 
This refers to the fact that the plant is different from the twig it grows on. Oh, that's ingenious. Okay. Another version attributes the same name to the word missile for dung, mm. referring to the bird droppings of seeds which spread the plant. Okay, still makes sense. Uh, the Latin name of the genus means sticky and refers to the viscous or sticky juice of the berries. And if you ever had to clean up after it, yeah, they, they get a little gross. So it's a slow-growing plant. It forms a greenish-yellowish evergreen shrub that grows two to three feet long, hanging from tree branches. The male and female flowers of the mistletoe are born on compact spikes on separate plants. The tiny yellow flowers that appear in late fall soon give rise to the familiar white berries, and they are so pretty. Mistletoe will parasite many hosts, along with them apple trees, poplars, lindens, willows, and more rarely oaks. A botanical anomaly, it is even the only complete plant considered to be a true parasite, for it often kills the hardwood tree it infests. There's even a legend regarding this. Oh, all the best things have a legend. In Brittany, it is called the Herbe de la Croix, or Herbs of the Cross. According to the legend, the wood of this plant was used for the Christ cross, afterwards being reduced to a parasite. In the 14th century, it was called Lingam Crucis, or Wood of the Cross. Most mistletoe is commercially harvested in Texas, <laughs> uh, and sometimes in uh, New Mexico and Vermont is the highest it'll go. It's, it's far too cold for it to grow in the wild, so mostly in the southern states. The custom of hanging up mistletoe may stem from the Druid tradition of laying down arms and exchanging greetings other the in mistletoe. Priests would send around youth bearing branches of mistletoe in celebration of the new year, and Druids would dance to a particular song around oaks found bearing mistletoe. The custom even mentions, um, it's even mentioned in the writings of Ovid. So again, mostly we use it to kiss. But where, again, where did the kissing under the mistletoe begin? Here's another legend. It attributes this practice to the English who, after every kiss, plucked a berry from the, from the bunch and discarded it. When the berries were gone, tradition called for the kissing to stop. <laughs> Needless to say, plentiful bunches were eagerly sought for the holidays. <laughs> another legend comes from Scandinavia, and it is alluded to by Shakespeare. In this legend, Balder, the god of peace, was given an arrow made of mistletoe. His life was restored at the request of other gods and goddesses, with the mistletoe being given to the goddess of love to prevent such from happening again. She said that everyone who passes under it should receive a kiss to show this plant was a symbol of love and not hate. It, it is a parasite, though. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> pardon me. Before getting carried away with this symbol of love, okay, good, it's going to bring us back down to earth. Uh, be aware that this plant has been used medicinally for many cultures and centuries and still is. It has been used as a general cure for most ailments, partic particularly for epilepsy. In Europe, preparations from it are being used for treating cancer, while in the U.S., this has not yet been approved, Current research suggests that the plant might even have a use for treating AIDS. I'm wondering what the base chemical of it is that they're using. Research and authorities seem to disagree on its benefits and interactions with other products. So it is advised, of course, to consult your doctor before, uh, yeah, so we always talk about that. So right now we're just talking about using the plant mostly as decoration. Um, and of course, if you're gonna use it in your witchcraft for spells and whatnot, but not something that you would wanna take in your body without talking to someone. 
Likewise, the toxicity of the plant and berries to humans is debated. Only in rare cases has eating the berries been reported to harm children, and then usually it's in very large doses. Berries have been listed as toxic to cats and small animals, so if you have such pets or are concerned about children, because that's all they do is put things in their mouth, uh, perhaps you'd want to hang artificial mistletoe. Okay, now let's talk about folk practices and magical traditions. Ooh, I'm so excited. So they all come around the winter solstice for healing, love, and fertility, protection from harm, including werewolves. Werewolves. All right. I needed this. Once you've respectfully collected mistletoe with a non-ferrous tool, that would be a, a tool with no iron, with the consent of the tree, we've discussed this, always ask permission, prayers and offerings, never letting it touch the ground, and then what? There are so many traditions that use mistletoe, which was clearly a revered plant in the ancient world and continues to be both enjoyed around the holidays as decorations and, of course, studied for modern medicine. Robert Graves wrote a book called The White Goddess and introduced a 13-month Celtic tree calendar in which December 23rd was associated with mistletoe for, the, for just that one midwinter day. Mistletoe, again, was a sacred plant to the Druids and was commonly known as All Heal, used to increase fertility in both animals and people, attract good luck, and, of course, defend against evil spirits. According to Wikipedia, mistletoe may be used in spells to attract love, protection, success in hunting, forgiveness and reconciliation, and to increase sexual potency in men, and to help women conceive, and generally as a protective type of amulet. The mistletoe powers, so the planetary alignment is with the sun and Jupiter, and the elemental alignment with air. Um, I've also seen some mention of Mercury, and it's said to have primarily male energies, but of, like everything, there's some female attributes too. The white berries of mistletoe, when paired with the red berries of fresh holly, make a nice yin-yang pairing where there is reminiscent of the red and white ribbons of the maple, and often used in fertility magic, symbolizing protective fun functions of the menstrual blood and semen. So, <laughs> I read that a custom in British paganism is to string mistletoe in the home with the red ribbon for protection against disease or harm during the winter, and then to burn it on candle moss, also known as imbolc, which we've talked about before, generally it's in February, to further the spell of home protection at the height of winter. So, let's see. Mistletoe healer. There's some instructions here. There are countless ways to add mistletoe to magical preparations that are meant to be consumed. There is a lot of lore around the ancient pagan uses of mistletoe as a tonic with restorative properties. However, I, they don't really offer warnings or toxins. Yeah, again, I don't think the consumption is something I really want to go to. And, and it says right here, never without the aid of a medical professional. So word of caution this particular varieties of mistletoe used in herbal remedies, it's important to know the type of extract. It should be from a trusted and trained herbalist or medical professional. Any injections of the extract done by a professional after appropriate training um, before adding anything to your health regimen, always speak to your doctor. And it's always, of course, based on your current health. But that being said, let's talk about the healing benefits that we're, I'm too afraid to use now. Uh, a magical practitioner can appeal to the spirit of this potent plant ally to work energetically with them to restore their health or to protect them from disease. 
the dried plant material can be added to sachets and other healing charms. And I like the idea of, I mean, that, that is kind of nice, adding it to an amulet, just a little bit more um, protection. I think that's probably where I'm going to end up using this the most. Um, there are incredible amount of health benefits. Uh, of course, we talked about treating cancer in a number of ways. Preventing diabetes, soothing respiratory distress, calming the nervous system, lowering blood pressure, decreasing menstrual pain. I mean, all good things to know. And again, it's all about, you know, finding the source and doing your research, not just Googling shit like me, um, for the most part. I try my best. But love, love and fertility, kissing under the mistletoe. This is my favorite. Uh, kissing under the mistletoe is believed to have begun in the first centuries of the Common Era during the Roman festival of Saturnalia. In England, kissing under the mistletoe eventually became associated with Christmas. Go figure. Bundles of mistletoe would be hung in the home, and if one stood under the bundle, the Victorian social stigmas against public affection could be temporarily suspended. <laughs> That's awesome. It is said that the man would pick a berry when, kissing, when the kissing was complete, and once the berries were gone, there would be no more kissing. The mistletoe would later be burned on the twelfth night of Christmas to ensure that those who kissed under it would marry... But what if you, so I guess you just get one berry. That seems, I doubt that. Yeah, okay. According to Richard Webster in his book, Flower and Tree Magic, there are two other possible origins of this tradition, Celtic and Norse. The Celts use it as a symbol of peace. And again, uh, similar, uh, when they met under, under it in the forest, they would kiss each other and be friends for at least that one day. I, okay. I guess regardless of sex. Uh, the North mythology, Balder, god of the summer sun, was again killed by the arrow that had been poisoned by mistletoe. His mother's tears of grief created the white berries, and when Balder was resurrected, his mother was so happy that she hung up mistletoe and kissed everyone who passed beneath it. So then they have a whole thing. This is actually really good. I mean, protection against werewolves comes up again. So let's go ahead and make one. Uh, an amulet bound with red ribbon and charge at the long night's full moon and winter solstice. So we are past that. So this will have to be next year's little spell. But protection against werewolves. Here we go. Burn mistletoe to banish unwanted spirits. Lay it across the threshold of the bedroom to banish unpleasant dreams. Hang in the home in a central location over the hearth or the doors to drive away negative influence. Again, it's always been something that has good luck in it. Um, hanging it in the home was supposed to protect it from disease, lightning, werewolves, and having your children switched with fairy changelings. Very versatile. Very versatile. I love this. And it says, I don't, I don't know, uh, but I do hate it when werewolves show up at the winter solstice, especially the years when it's a long night's full moon and it coincides with the Sabbath at the same time. Oh my God, what a night. And then a full moon on everything. Mistletoe voodoo. According, so this is another article, according to uh, Herbal Riot in Voodoo, mistletoe has two major uses, protection from evil and love drawing. So very similar. It can be combined with jinx-breaking herbs such as rue and oakwood, then burned for keep-away spells, true love powder, which is a finely, uh, finely powdered mistletoe along with herbs such as verbena and alchemine. Alchemine, I don't know alchemine. I'll have to look that one up. Hmm. Has the word elf in it? Elf in it, though. Interesting. Both blends can be added to mojo bags, burned, or used in all kinds of creative ways. Um, uh, the amulet on the solstice wreath 
says Heron's Mistletoe and Holly Protection Amulet. You can hang it, oh, in the Yule Wreath over the mantle. That's nice. I like that. Uh, and then they give the a nice little charm. So once you create it, and I guess I would probably create it, like I said, in oh, maybe a little hoodoo bag or something along the lines of protection. So here is the charm you might use to charge your mistletoe amulet. Shining long night's moon, brightening the night, kindly grant this boon I ask of thee tonight. Oh, and then state your intention. As it will, it will so be. In addition, considering waving the amulet briefly and carefully through the flame of consecrated fire candle and gently touch it to your deity statues as you pray for their aid in your magic. I would also burn an incense blend selected with the same magical purposes and make sure to bathe the amulet in the smoke for a cleanse and charge. Allow it to dry while hanging in the home until in bulk and then burn it in your Sabbath fire to further the protection spell throughout the winter. May the luck of the mistletoe keep you safe and warm this winter season. So I love that. That's great. It's just one more plant of protection. I, I think that's going to be beautiful and now even a bigger part of my holiday traditions of decorating because um, it definitely would ward off any negative or evil. It did mention putting it through the candle flame briefly and then of course the smoke. As always, fire hazards. I think biggest part of witchcraft is, is just having a fire extinguisher around using fire safe materials um, and that's my best advice and of course putting all of your intention into it because aside from the scientific research that they're using for cancers and whatnot I mean usually we tend to use it towards our witchcraft and and witchcraft can be done as always without any tools um, and just with intentions so remember that um, just Go by the guidelines of what it's generally used for, which is good luck, protection for f fertility, um, and really just pour your intention into it. So I know this was kind of a little bit of a mini episode, um, but it's just how we're going to start the new year off. It's 2022. Things are constantly changing as always. I'm hoping to stay grounded. Um, again, just go back to nature as much as possible. And I hope you guys enjoyed another recording. Um, and if you would like me to do tarot readings along with these little mini recordings, reach out. Let me know. Um, of course, I'm always still doing them. So you can find Cola at, of course, the Kinky Witch Tees on Instagram. I am the Green Witch Tarot on Instagram. Uh, we do have a um, a Gmail now. It is the uh, the coven. It's the CO2 uh, at gmail.com. So hopefully you guys can uh, hit us up there on Facebook if you have any questions or suggestions. Until then, my little witches, I'd say behave, but we all know better. Oops, I'm back, guys, real quick. Just a quick little correction. Um, I know I mentioned our new Gmail, and it's not Coven of Two. It is the co2podcast at gmail.com. So make sure to write that down. Make sure to send us some questions, suggestions, and tell us how to be better. Or just be nice and leave us a review. Love y'all.